So we're back with part two of our series around um, Mark and Oliver. Was it was it me? Oh, what else? I thought we were good though. That that made it even no, better. No, that was fun. I wasn't laughing. I was yeah. just smiling. Six. Like, <laughs> 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 right. I'm getting the giggles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alright, so we gotta start over. Okay, let's just carry on going. Alright, All right, we're back. Part two of our series. The first episode was around why marketing ops should think about maybe staying longer in their job. Um, that was based off our survey that was around employee turnover and marketing ops and it was clear there was a problem, um, and we knew that the we could see that the average number of roles that someone had in the course of five years was like three jobs, and that isn't a very long period of time. So we made the case for maybe why you should stay longer than that, so you can go back to that first one and watch it. Um, but today, this is geared more toward the leader, whoever's managing marketing operations, and things that they can do to prevent high turnover, but overall just to make things you know, more enjoyable for their team, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so this can be geared toward the CMO or, you know, director of marketing operations. And we're kind of pulling from our own experience or things that we've seen go well, so. Yeah, I think it's important to call out that the, sometimes the, there's a boss of the marketing operations team that isn't really a marketing operations person. Yeah. Um, so I think this is very valuable for them given that there's a specific things related to the marketing ops team mm. that they might not be aware of and ways to keep them happy. Yeah. So you want to kick it off? Sure. Um, so I think this is one thing that Charlie and I do, but I think it's just a simple thing. So I feel like you should be doing it already. Um, but really make sure that you're spending time meeting with your team, right? So like monthly one-on-ones is a good example having a time to check in and that doesn't mean a check in on work it just means like to check in with them and see like how they're doing <laughs> sorry our, our dog's kind of <laughs> Layla's decided to join this video because she got jealous so um and that was one thing that i really valued coming to cs2 is i never really had um weekly or monthly check-ins before with my manager and I just think it's a good time to like bring up any issues that might be going on and I always know that I have that coming up if I want to talk about something. For mm -hmm. sure, yeah. I think um, it, it, there, you might find that at first during one-on-one -on -one that you need to kind of set the ground, like set the framework because we're not always comfortable talking to our managers about things that might be you know, struggling for us or, you know, issues. And so I feel like if you're starting that conversation and making them feel comfortable, then they're going to be more open um, to you. And sometimes that even is showing your own vulnerability. So if you're talking about, you know, past experiences that you've had or maybe to tell them why you think it's important to start doing that. Maybe you didn't have a boss who had one-to-ones with you. That'll just, you know, let them feel more comfortable, you know, they, they want to feel like it's a safe space to talk about things and um, not have it impact their role that you want, they want to be honest. So you're, if there's no one's honest, you're not going to get anything out of those conversations. Yeah, I think so much goes um, 
not being said in those kind of situations and I think that's a great point like kind of say what you're struggling with try and open up the conversation and then just try and have those hard uncomfortable conversations not you know not a kind of a combative conversation but like really try and understand like really what's going on you know and um, if there is an uncomfortable conversation that needs to be had like something that they're struggling with or something that they might be having an issue with another team member and like really try and uncover it and just not just you know pay, play the political game or just pretend everything's perfect you mm-hmm. know and not just making it seem like they can only come to them when it's work related but personal as well you know we carry so mm-hmm. much into work every day you know we're not robots we you know we live lives outside of mm-hmm. work so you know making you know your team members feel like they can come to you you know, and just be home and maybe vent a little bit, you know, because a lot of times that's what's impacting the work. It's not so much just work related. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think it's hard because a lot of people feel like they can't come to those things with an issue because they want to be seen as that they're complaining. Right, right. Um, especially in America, everyone's got to be so positive. But um, I think you've got to be real, right? Mm-hmm. And you got, if there's something that is an issue, you've got to talk about it. Otherwise, it's never going to get resolved. Yeah. And that just opens up the um, a chance for your employee to ask for maybe things that they might be missing in their role, or um, you know, feel comfortable saying whether they want like a you know a path like for promotion, what they can do to get there, because um, that's mm-hmm. going to help them, you know, figure out if they can stay in this role to hit their goals. So yeah. yeah. So that's kind of a nice segue to the next one, actually, that creating that path of growth. And in the previous video, we mentioned that there's a lot of um, responsibility on the person themselves to mm-hmm. figure out what they want, articulate what they want, figure out how, with their manager, how they can get there, what they need to achieve and the milestones and everything. But again, from the boss's point of view, you need to be providing them with that path because it's funny, with marketing operations, it it is a a not a niche but a specialist skill set within marketing so a lot of people sometimes feel like they can get pigeonholed in there and they can't grow so you need to be very clear about what they can how they can grow within the company both within the role they're in and then future roles for them um, otherwise they're just going to jump ship as soon as someone offers them you know the same function with a better um, level right you're, you're a manager someone's just going oh come work for me i'll make you a senior manager you mm-hmm. know so you need to be very clear about when they can achieve that and then be obvious with the milestones they'll need to achieve right you're not just going to give it to them mm-hmm. with with no uh, material in, in improvement in what they're doing but being very clear on what they need to do to get there yeah yeah and I, I think sometimes that means even looking outside yourself to maybe um if they want like a mentor so you know mentors don't always have to be your boss so if you're working with your employee, you may say, like, is there anyone in the organization that you find like inspiring, like their role that, you know, they can maybe seek them out as a mentor or maybe there's other groups out there where they can find one, um, kind of like Women in Revenue, uh, we have a mentorship program. So that could be another place where maybe someone seeks out mentorship, but um, it doesn't solely have to rely on the manager, but reminding them that there are these tools or places where they can even get inspired um, to figure out what career path they want to go into because it's not always straightforward it's not linear it might not even be in market operations but having that open conversation and reminding them there are places outside 
yourself to get that info in. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. Okay, I can take the next one then. Um, I think it's definitely uh, a huge responsibility for the boss to be bad cop. I think that's what you said one previous one of your old bosses. That's what oh, they yeah. would call it. Yeah. Bad cop. Uh-huh. Um, because most people are people pleasers and you want to try and keep everyone happy, especially in operations. You've got the rest of the marketing team and they all are asking you to do things and you want to just say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be seen as the person that's stopping everyone else achieving their goals, right? You've got Phil marketing coming, I've got an event, I've got to do it now. You've got demand, demand general, I've got to get this email out. And you've just got, yeah, you've got sales, you've got everyone, you've yep. got all of these stakeholders in the, in the company. And you want to say yes to everyone, but you just can't. It's going to drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. It's going to drive your, the person working for you crazy. And it's going to be, it's just not the most strategic way for them to handle all the work they've got to do mm-hmm. and really create the value for your company. So you can tell them all day long. And I've seen it a lot where the boss will just say, oh, no, you can say no. Mm-hmm. But... Tell them to take it up with me if, if there's any issues. Well, I mean, I guess what I was trying to say is that they would say that you can say no, but then they'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But what they have to say is, you can say no, but I will also say no for you, right? Mm-hmm. So escalate it to me mm-hmm. if there's an issue with you saying no. Mm-hmm. But a lot of managers kind of stop at the first part where they just mm-hmm. kind of give them permission, yeah, just say no. But then they don't really dig into that person, into what ha- the pressures on that person and figure out, okay, well, it's, it's going to be very hard for them to say no without my approval for them to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't be hands off. Figure out all of their priorities. Help them prioritize and, to, and fig, work with them to figure out what they can say no to. Mm-hmm. And then be that bad cop if you have to be. Yeah. And I think similar to that, um, and what I've found in the past to be successful too, and it's Kind of a hard pill to swallow, but also taking the fall with your team mm-hmm. um, and being that like person. So if an issue happens, and yes, it's cl- it was maybe clear that someone on your team made that mistake, but then it's your mistake as well. Um, and you want to work with them to figure out, okay, how do we you know get back from this? Like, what did we learn? Like, okay, what are we gonna do now? What's the next steps? But in the end. Like when you're communicating that, so say you need to communicate something went wrong with the campaign, you can be that first line of defense um, and protect them because that's something that, you know, when they're managing one day that hopefully they do too. Um, But it helps having more than one person who has to take that fall because everyone hates making mistakes. It's shitty, but it's bound (laughs) to happen. In marketing ops, like, it doesn't matter how smart you are, like, something is going to go wrong, you're going to click the wrong, you know, button, or whatever it may be, but it, for your team, especially if it's a junior team, like, really step up and, and take that fall for them, um, but then on the end, you know, on the side, communicate with them and help them learn from that situation. Yeah, I think that's really important, because... Mm-hmm. They can get so demoralized if you make a mistake. And yeah, absolutely. Then yeah. They, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. And, and then, you know, as soon as that, it's a slippery slope. I've seen it so many times where someone makes a mistake, they then spend ages trying to correct it, they feel bad, they'll make another mistake, mm-hmm. and they'll make another mistake, and then they make an, and it's just, it's a, this self effectuating cycle that just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse. And then that person is going to leave, and you could have nipped it in the bud right at the beginning if you just, 
said, well, okay, I know yeah, you were the person physically that did that thing, but it's my fault because I probably didn't train you or I didn't QA that with you or... Or there's too much to do. And put then too much on your plate. You put too mu- there's too much on their plate. So part of it could actually be something that you could have mitigated for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, ownership, so mops can... Mops, I think, is like the person you want to blame when something in the process goes wrong, but it's yeah, not always totally. mop's fault. Mm-hmm. And there could be something else. So yeah. Yeah, they're the scapegoat so often. I think that's a good segue <laughs> to another one because as much as mops doesn't gets blamed for everything, on the other hand is they don't get the recognition yeah. they deserve. They don't get the mm-hmm. you know, the the public recognition or, or just like celebration and praise. Um and I, I don't think that it needs to be like something public that you do like to the whole team, but you do want everyone to know kind of all the great things your marketing ops team is doing. So that can be like, you know, working with someone on your team to take something they just built like a lead scoring model and then build a presentation on it, or, you know, put that in front of this SDR team or your sales team, but have them do it. Cause that's another skill that then they're working on. Like they're working on the presentation skills. They get more visibility in the company and that just makes them feel, you know, more reward, more rewarded because they're able to show off all the hard work that they did and get the recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing we did recently that um, I liked was we looked back at 2019 to kind of look at our accomplishments for the year and maybe that's something we should do more often so they can kind of be like, hey, I did all of this this year and here's what was celebrated here's what i could learn from yeah yeah the, what the format that we did was the three by three for that and i thought it was it worked nicely because so often we're just looking forward it's like what else, what are we going to do next quarter what are we going to do next half what are we going to do next year so the three things were three things that you were proud of, were proud of from last year mm-hmm. three things that you that were Which a challenge happened. that mm-hmm. either you overcame or you didn't and then three things you're looking forward to for the next year. Just having an open conversation about it. And that could be even a format that you use on your one-on-ones every month. Yeah. You know, what was the last three things that you were proud of over the last month? Three things you found a challenge with and then three things you're looking forward to next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that that can... And, and you said like content for one-on-ones, that can be hard. Um, that can even be something at the end of the week you have your team document. So then they have like four weeks or I've done that in mentorship before too. Um, or lately I've been like journaling every day and do something similar, kind of how I'm feeling, what are the things I was like proud of that day. And I mean, maybe your team members can, you know, do that, whatever fits them. Cause this is something you don't want to fit like a, you know, a square into a circle. You don't, you know, you want to figure out, okay, what is going to be something that you can actually stick to, but is going to help you make these meetings like worthwhile you know mm-hmm. so yes were you gonna add something to that or did we cover yeah you can okay. yeah um and then i think the final one um there's probably a ton more but the yeah. final one is around actually having financial incentives for your team in marketing operations everyone a lot of other teams have um bonuses or you know goal related incentives um but marketing operations kind of gets left behind because it's just such a technical role and people don't really know how to create um, goals for that. But it's totally possible. Right? Totally, yeah. Whether you use something like an OKR framework or you have just um, big 
projects that you want to deliver throughout the year and that will be you know if you can deliver this then you can get um, this percentage of your bonus and I think it, it's it just takes some creativity working with HR and making sure that you can actually you know fund that but having something that they they have control over which can give them that extra incentive to work hard deliver something and stay longer mm-hmm. um, I think can really help retention beyond just you know, paying them a salary and throwing away the work at them. Yeah, and th- this could be a fun thing. I don't know if you guys have other ideas of incentives, but it doesn't always have to be monetary. Like, It could be, okay, an incentive if you meet your goals is you get to do this special course and like we'll fund it. Or, you know, we do Club S2 here, so if we meet our goals, we go on like a special trip. Um, that could and that's be... something, yeah, I think that's a thing we should probably mention in more detail because sales always have their club trips, right? Why can't all the other teams have them, right? So if marketing operations, if you meet your goals, you should take everyone away. (laughs) Something everyone looks forward to. That's why we invented Club S2. Yeah, exactly. And to to your point, Chrissy, like in my last job, I actually had an opportunity to where it was room allocated in the budget for us to, like it was like $1,000 and we could either, uh, every quarter we can do uh, a conference or... Mm. You know, of course, like I did a serious decisions course, which I felt was rewarding. It was long, but I learned so much. So, I mean, that's that's a great way to, to incentivize a team as well. Yeah, that culture of learning culture and actually learning. putting money behind that, not just like telling them to go watch a webinar or something, right. actually putting some real substance behind it. Yeah, and if you're investing in your employees, like you're going to probably reap the ROI of that, you know, from them like staying. Like if someone feels like, their employers really invested in their career growth in them as a person and them like you're one they're going to be a better worker so that's instant ROI right but also like they're going to want to stay there's more reason to stay um, than just like getting a pay rise or someone luring them with this hot new tech startup role Um, and so yeah, it, it, be creative is what we're trying to say. So don't look at it like you need massive budgets or if you don't have a promotion in the plan, like think of ways that you can incentivize your team. And really just think about retention and how important it is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, we talked a lot about how they can do it. It's obvious why it's important. You know, if you, if you haven't hired someone every year, it's expensive, all that knowledge is lost. So it is very important to focus on retention as a competitive advantage for your team and your company. So I guess just to try to sum it up, yeah. you know, different ways. I think we talked about making sure they have a clear path of growth, constant check-ins where you have a clear agenda and what you're going to talk about, helping them structure their day, their priorities, and being bad cop when you need to, mm-hmm. um, giving them the recognition they deserve, um, including bonus incentives, um, mm-hmm. and being creative with that, and then making sure that they have the tools they need to learn and constantly be improving. Yeah. So I think that sums it up pretty pretty nicely, right? Yeah. And if you have any ideas that you've, you know, put into action for to keep your team or if you have a team that's last long, let us know. I wanna hear. Yep. All See right. you next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we need like an ending cap. Yeah, it's